0: License 26099E. SmartSense, brought to you by Smart Air Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save up to $3,400 on a new comfort system. Whether your furnace is no longer working like it used to, or you want to get ahead of the summer heat, it's time to call the expert heating and cooling technicians at Smart Air. Call now and take advantage of this smart offer from Smart Air. Call 512-600-4311. That's 512-600-4311. Or visit SmartAirAustin.com.
1: The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now... Here are Todd and Oz.
2: That's right. It is 533, the Friday edition of the Todd and Oz Show, and you can join us anytime. We're here till 10 at 512-836-0590 and use that same number to text us. We begin with the big stories. The Biden administration is leveling new sanctions against Russia today. Here's reporter Linda Kenyon. The
3: sanctions will target Russia's war machine and economy. They come as Russia's war against Ukraine passes the two-year mark, and after the death of Alexei Navalny, whom President Biden praised as a man of unrivaled bravery.
4: As you state the obvious, he was a man of incredible courage, and it's amazing how his wife and daughter are emulating that.
3: The president was speaking after meeting with Navalny's wife and daughter in San Francisco. They pledged to continue Navalny's mission. Mr. Biden was outraged when he and the world learned of Navalny's death on February
4: 16th. You know, like millions of people around the world, I'm literally both not surprised and outraged by the news reported death of Alexei Navalny.
3: Navalny died in prison from what officials there called sudden death syndrome. But President Biden blames Russia's president. Make no
4: mistake. Make no mistake. Putin is responsible for Navalny's death. Putin is responsible. The president said Putin did everything he could to silence Navalny. Putin had him poisoned. He had him arrested. He had him prosecuted for fabricated crimes. He sends him to prison. He was held in isolation. Even all that didn't stop him from calling out Putin's lies. Even in prison, he was a powerful voice for the truth.
3: His death has empowered even more opposition to Vladimir Putin and worldwide condemnation. The U.S. will impose strict new sanctions against Putin, Russia's war industrial complex, and the Russian economy. Several European nations have done so as well. Lindy Kenyon.
2: Washington. It is 535 and here we go again. The clock is ticking for Congress to avoid a government shutdown.
5: March 1st is the first of two deadlines for a partial government shutdown. A source familiar with government funding negotiations says talks among both the House and Senate are continuing and the hope is to be able to announce something Sunday night. Fox News has learned House Republican leaders are looking at possibly lumping the 12 individual spending bills that fund different government agencies into two or three separate packages in what's considered an omnibus or a minibus. The House Freedom Caucus has warned of last-minute spending bills being rushed and lacking conservative priorities. Caucus member Byron Donalds hints at using funding as leverage.
6: You either secure the border or you get no money for the government. One member
5: of House leadership confirms to Fox News a minibus is on the table. Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. President Biden is reportedly considering
2: using executive action to help stop the number of illegal migrants claiming asylum coming into the United States. Texas Congressman Tony Gonzalez, a Republican from Texas, says he's encouraged by this development.
6: ...deport those people that do not qualify for asylum. You do that by surging immigration judges to the border and giving ICE the resources they need for these repatriation flights, not these endless, soft-sided facilities. You also raise the credible fear standards. These are some things the president can do today, and I hope they do it.
2: Meanwhile, a surge of migrants and asylum seekers continuing to enter the U.S. and the southern border. especially from special interest countries and raising alarms about national security. Newsman Matt Fen checks in from Los Angeles. In
6: fiscal year 2023, more than 335,000 Venezuelan nationals were encountered at the border. Yet just 834 were removed. And in fiscal year 2023, more than 24,000 Chinese nationals were encountered at the border, but just 288 were deported. Drops in the bucket. The border crisis is seeing a substantial shift. For years, we've been reporting about migrants coming from all over the world illegally crossing into Texas. But now we're seeing a surge of illegal immigration right here in Southern California. Newsman Matt Finn reporting.
2: Days after Alabama's Supreme Court ruled that frozen embryos are children upending the vitro fetalization treatments, a Republican state senator says he plans to introduce a bill that would protect IVF statewide. State Senator Tim Melson, he chairs the Senate Health Committee and the bill would clarify that embryos are not viable unless they are implanted in a uterus. Several medical
3: facilities including the University of Alabama at Birmingham are halting their in vitro fertilization programs with the state Supreme Court saying that frozen embryos are legally considered the same as children and providers can be held responsible for
0: their deaths. Equating an embryo to a child is scientifically unfounded. In Atlanta,
3: Dr. Dr. Jennifer Kawas at Emory's Reproductive Center.
0: Equating an embryo to a child is scientifically unfounded, and the clinical ramifications of such a legal decision um, are tremendous and will undoubtedly have unintended consequences, including limiting the capacity of physicians to care for patients with infertility.
3: But at the Fertility Institute of North Alabama, Dr. Brett Davenport tells the AP they'll continue providing services as usual.
1: We will um, adjust our informed consents and re, redo those with all of these patients with upcoming cycles, just so they can understand what just happened and have an opportunity in light of this new information to make different decisions on how many embryos they want fertilized, um, how many embryos you know they, they want frozen. Some
3: legal experts think the Alabama ruling is just the tip of the iceberg.
0: I'm Jackie Quinn.
2: It is 539. A new bill is being proposed to honor 11-year-old Southeast Texas girl that was found murdered this week.
0: The Audrey Cunningham law would put the sex offender tag on anybody convicted of enticing a child if there was a sexual element to the crime. And that's what Don Stephen McDougall, suspecting the murder of Audrey Cunningham, pled to after he was charged with attempted indecency with a child in 2007. Now, that 10-year-old girl got away. Andy Kahn with Houston Crime Stopper says if McDougall had been a registered sex offender...
1: perhaps. People in the community of Livingston would have been
4: aware of his background.
0: McDougal was friends with Audrey's father, lived in a trail on the Cunningham property. Khan expects the bill will be introduced in the next legislative session. That
4: is
2: reporter Barbara Schwartz. It is 540. The city of Austin has pulled the plug on a plan to get an outside review of homeless services and programs and where the money is being spent. Earlier this month, City Manager Jesus Gars suppressed the City Council to move ahead with a $2 million contract with McKinsey and & Company, and despite Travis County officials opting not to join in on that. The
4: work that will be done is so you can have, uh, as policymakers, the information you need when you make investments for fiscal year 25 and beyond.
2: But now Garza says the conditions have changed given the changes in participation with the county. Initially, the city and the county and the central health, they were planning to partner on this issue. Multiple council members have now come out in favor of a decision to scrap the homeless review. It is 541. Early voting started this week in the Texas primary and so far only about 2% of Texans have actually cast a ballot.
7: The Texas Secretary of State says just 280,000 of our 18 million registered voters have cast a ballot in either primary so far. Governor Greg Abbott campaigned for a couple Republicans running for re-election in the Texas House in North Richland Hills. It's a party now. A couple hundred people packed that restaurant and Abbott told them the closest early voting spot was only four miles away. You can make it an easy drive there. can I am in my wheelchair, I could roll there in one hour. He talked about his border security push, saying his plan for a forward operating base will keep the National Guard closer so they can stop people from crossing. They're doing the job that needs to be done to make sure that we are going to secure the border. Early voting runs through a week from Friday. The primary itself is March 5th.
2: As newsman Alan Sky are reporting, federal agencies are banding together to investigate the cause of that widespread outage that disabled cell phone service yesterday. Fox reporter Ashley Strohmeyer has the details.
6: One, AT&T confirmed the outage, including some customers on other networks like Verizon and T-Mobile, who attempted to call AT&T customers. And many users reported their phones were stuck in emergency SOS mode for hours preventing them from making calls, sending text messages, or even using cellular data. Republican Marco Rubio warning on social media that the outage affecting tens of thousands of Americans pales in comparison to what a potential China cyber attack would look like, saying it would actually be 100 times worse. And it won't be just cell service they hit. It will be your power, your water, and your bank.
2: Meanwhile, one defense official telling Fox News and others that there is no indication that the outage was caused by a cyber attack. It is 542. Stay close. Traffic and your forecast coming up. The Todd and Oz Show. Welcome back. It's 546 here on the Todd and Oz Show. You can join us at 512-836-0590, a spacecraft built and flown by a Texas-based company, Intuitive Machines. They landed near the moon's South Pole yesterday, the first U.S. touchdown on the lunar surface in more than a half century and the first ever achieved by a private sector business. NASA, with several research instruments aboard the vehicle, they held that landing is a major achievement in its goal for sending a squad of commercially flown spacecraft and scientific scouting missions to the moon ahead of a planned return of astronauts later in a decade. It gets more on the story.
4: That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind.
6: For the first time in more than 50 years, a U.S. spacecraft has landed on the moon. Houston, the Odysseus has found his new home. The landing put the U.S. back on the surface for the first time since NASA's famed Apollo moonwalkers. But this time, the spacecraft was built and managed by a private firm, Intuitive Machines. CEO Steve Altamus acknowledged there were glitches. More than standing effort. I know this was a nail biter, but we are on the si- on the surface and we are transmitting. And uh, welcome to the moon. Odysseus guided itself toward the surface for a relatively flat landing spot among all the cliffs and craters near the moon's south pole. We can confirm, without a doubt, as our equipment is on the surface of the moon and we are transmitting. So, congratulations, IM team. We'll see how much more we can get from that. I'm Norman Hall. All right,
2: uh, 548. We do have more on that story on our website at News klbj.com Google is now having to do some explaining after a number of people using Google's new Gemini generative AI noticed that pictures created of real and or imagined people were portrayed as anything but Caucasian males.
1: A user of Google's Gemini AI posted results of a query asking for pictures of a pope. In the Catholic Church, popes are male, and there's yet to be one in modern times who isn't white. But the generated images showed women and men of color sometimes wearing non-Catholic
7: garb, along with papal robes. For another, an image created to be of George Washington showed him with black skin and African features. Google says Gemini obviously
1: is missing the mark and they've turned off the AI's ability to create images of people
2: while they address the matter of inaccuracies. Eben Brown, Fox News. It is 549. With a look at Friday business, here's newsman Peter now. Following Thursday's furious
1: stock market rally, the Dow and S&P 500 are at all-time. Time highs. All that followed chipmaker Nvidia's quarterly earnings report, which contained an extremely bullish revenue forecast thanks to a surge in demand for Nvidia's artificial intelligence chips. Nvidia stock posted a 16% one day gain. Wolf Research senior analyst Chris Casso says that good fortune may continue with demand for those chips increasing even as prices rise.
6: The cost goes up, but the value proposition for NVIDIA is, you know, on the last chip, uh, the H100, the price nearly tripled, but the performance went up by orders of magnitude ahead of that. That's really kind of the magic of AI here, where where the price is going up, but the performance is going up a lot more, and it's a great value proposition to the hyperscale customers that are buying
1: it. As for why it spurred the market as a whole, NVIDIA is considered a bellwether for three distinct areas of stock market concentration, growth tech and large cap stocks and it's a leader in artificial intelligence one of the fastest growing segments of the tech economy what's also notable is that it even managed to blunt if only for a day or two investor obsession with when and if the fed will cut interest rates market strategist ed Yardeni is glad to see that because he says in the current environment it doesn't much matter from the fed's point of view i've believed their story cut by two to three times this year not by five to seven And I thought that they wouldn't do it the first half of the year because the economy is doing fine. Why mess with success? Inflation is coming down. The economy is strong. The labor market is doing well. And now we've got the roaring 2020s in the stock market with uh, led by NVIDIA. If you've been lucky enough to own NVIDIA, you've seen a 60% gain this year alone and a 275% gain over the past year. Some market strategists say there are plenty of places to look pointing out that NVIDIA and other so-called Magnificent 7 stocks like Amazon Alphabet and Microsoft have accounted for a good chunk of the market's recent gains. Kara Murphy is Chief Investment Strategist at Kestra Investment Management.
6: You have so much attention and so many dollars
3: going into just a handful of names. It means that there still remain wide swaths of the market where people are not paying very close attention. Um, and As my good friend likes to say, there's prime rib available at hamburger prices. So there are a lot of other areas of the market that I think provide really interesting opportunities um, that are sort of being left behind in a day like today that NVIDIA is taking all the attention.
1: And one of those areas, says Murphy, is small cap stocks, whose valuation gap compared to larger stocks is unusually large by historical standards. At least some market watchers say it still might not be too late to jump on the NVIDIA bandwagon, given that its artificial intelligence chips are
2: considered the gold standard in that sector. In newsman Peter Shacknell reporting at 5.52. Samsung is now showing some big numbers of new economic uh, impact on a you know, report report this week, and yeah, the company says its impact on both the city of Taylor and Austin from 2022 to 2023 was nearly $27 billion. Mayor Brent Rydell, he tells CBS Austin it was a big decision to bring Samsung to the small town of Taylor, Texas. It kind of proves that uh, the gamble we took as a community, uh, as we uh, engaged with uh, Samsung and tried to uh, attract them to Taylor. That it's, it's paying off early and often. Yeah. Before the Taylor expansion, the impact was just above $6 billion. The report also shows that more than 5,300 direct jobs were created and 12,000 indirect jobs. And more than 200 jobs are expected, uh, Justin Taylor, over the next uh, decade. It is 5.53. There's a new survey that reveals how Americans view their healthy eating habits. This
3: is House Call for Health. Many Americans say they know what it takes to eat healthy, but their actual habits may not be making the grade. New Year's resolutions are still on the minds of some Americans. A Center for Food Demand survey shows 80% of respondents are looking to lose weight this year by eating healthy. Many respondents say they're already on track to achieving a healthier diet. 84% say they rank their diets either good, very good, or excellent but some health experts aren't so sure. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says most Americans don't have a healthy diet because they consume too much sodium, saturated fats, and sugar. These foods can also lead to chronic diseases. While respondents' health grades don't live up to nutritionists' measurements, the survey does show many Americans know what contributes to healthy eating. For more health news, go to foxnewshealth.com. House Call for Health, Lisa Brady, Fox News.
5: It is 5.54. Fox
6: in the fast
5: lane. The 76th running of the Daytona 500 took place on Monday following a rainout Sunday and saw a chaotic last couple of moments. First, a massive crash with eight laps to go, which saw 18 cars involved. And then shortly after the restart, another crash as the white flag was waved. One lap to go, sponsored by Credit back, One Bank, and to away it. they go!
6: That is Sindrick into Chastain and up into traffic.
5: The call on Fox after a short review, it was determined that William Byron was the leader at the time of the caution, and despite only leading for four laps, he was declared the winner of the Great American Race for the first time in his career. It's also the ninth Daytona 500 victory for Hendrick Motorsports, tying Petty Enterprises for the most all-time. The Cup Series now heads to Atlanta Motor Speedway on Sunday for the Better Health 400. The action kicks off at 3 o'clock Eastern on Fox. For Fox in the Fast Lane, Tony Genualdo, Fox News. The Todd and Oz Show.
4: The Todd and Oz
1: Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz.
2: Yeah, the Friday edition of the Todd and Oz Show. That's a big deal. Uh, you can jump in anytime you want at 512-836-0590. Everybody's phones are working this morning. Finally, don't back up. What, don't know what happened, but all the phones are working this morning. And now uh, the investigators—they say that you know it's not a cyber attack, but they're investigating. Hmm. I mean, uh, but, so,
5: there, so that means it could be.
2: I don't know. They say it wasn't, though, but there you go. Everybody's got the phones back, and I guess that's good news. And uh, listen, we're so glad you chose to join us. Uh, got an update on a lot of stories this morning, and, uh, and yeah, you'll want to join uh, anytime. Uh, the city of Austin has now uh, pulled the plug on a plan uh, to get an outside review of uh, homeless services and programs and how much money and where the money's been going and what's working and what's not working. Right. I'll be honest with you. I don't think the city ever really wanted to audit itself at all on this front because they're afraid of what might be discovered. Sure. Well, earlier this month, City Manager Jesus Garza pressed the council to move ahead with a $2 million contract with a company called McKinsey & Company, uh, despite Travis County opting out not to be part of that deal. In other words, they didn't want to pitch in the money, they didn't like McKinsey & Company, and they decided not to be part of this deal. And, uh, well, City Manager Jesus Garza, here's what he had to
4: say. The work that will be done is so you can have... uh, As policymakers, the information you need when you make investments for fiscal year 25 and beyond.
2: Yeah, but now Garza says the conditions have changed given the uh, the county's participation. Well, initially, the city, the county, and Central Health were planning to be uh, uh, partners in this to pay the $2 million for the McKinsey & Company audit. Well, multiple council members have now come out in favor of a decision to scrap the homeless review.
5: Yeah, that, which means they never wanted to review it. They they're not
2: interested in finding out the best way to spend your money. Right,
5: right. Well, I I think that's no surprise. I mean, we're all pretty well aware that that's how they operate. Um, I, I you know, like Ryan Alter, for example, on the council, Austin Council. He's one of those that came out with a statement uh, saying how he's pleased uh, that uh, they've they've heard the the concerns over McKinsey and Company. I, I can't remember exactly. I think it was certain affiliations they may have had or certain work they may have done for in in, in the past that. You know, I don't know, Travis County. uh, It's a stupid protest. This company worked with other things that they don't like. Yeah. You know? So all of a sudden, I I guess some of them are looking at, oh, well, we can't partner up with a a hate group like McKenzie, right? Yeah.
2: Well, listen, if they were serious about an audit on, on where your money's going in the homeless community, this homeless industrial complex, then they would have immediately, Ryan Alter would have immediately said, well, we'll find somebody we can trust to do an audit. Yeah, They're not saying that. No, not at all. They're just saying the conversation about an audit or
5: review is over. Well, I mean, at least for now, it would, any time that you... See, for now, they've got a little breathing room. They say, "Hey, listen, we, we got to go back to the drawing board. We're gonna have to find somebody else. So yeah. uh, it's gonna take a while until we can sort of get the ball rolling on another one of these." And they weren't even calling it an audit; they were calling it just a, a review. Mm-hmm. So, so they were spend two million dollars on a review. Well, listen, uh, folks uh, across the state are doing some early
2: voting. Not in massive droves, but some people have gone out to vote early so far. And uh, on on the campaign trail, there's a few races that we uh, that we're going to be talking about a lot. Because I think the race to be the next DA of uh, Austin, Texas, is a very important race. And the race to be the next mayor, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the race to be the district attorney has really got the progressives uh, sitting on the edge of their seats this morning and this week because uh, DA Garza has a real competitor this time. Mm -hmm. Another Democrat. uh, and and, Well, a couple of uh, opponents. And in fact, Jeremy for DA, Jeremy Silistine. And Daniel Betts, they are two men running to replace uh, your DA, your district attorney. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what uh, Daniel Betts' political affiliation is. I don't know a whole lot about him. I know Jeremy is a Democrat, but he has a little bit more common sense. And he's he's on a mission. And uh, he was on uh, Alex Stringer's podcast. You could find that on, uh, on X. And, um, well, Jeremy was talking about a story and talking about really his focus when it comes to Justice and protecting the victims, that sort of thing, and bringing people accountable for their actions. Here is uh, Jeremy Celestine talking about uh, a recent case and uh, incident involving D.A. Garza. The work that will be done. Hang on a second. Here it is. This is.
7: I spoke to a lady named Lynn Isaac who lives in Travis Heights, and she was just out for a run, like you can do. This is what Austin people do, Um, and she got attacked by a guy who apparently had been a predator on other women in the area. No one knew that at the time. So Lynn, who shattered her leg, gets on next door and kind of solves her own crime. She finds these other people who say, I know that guy. He, he attacked me as well. And all of that makes its way through law enforcement to the DA's office. And instead of having a real robust response to that, they decide they're going to put him on probation with no, no monitoring of any kind. And that to me is just such a disparate response to a very violent and dangerous situation um, and i can't i don't know how you justify that i don't know how we look at that and say well that's the kind of guy that when he's out and when he's not monitored makes the community safer so you know garza's platform is we're going to stand with survivors we're going to address violent crime but that's a very specific example where none of it happened
2: it's an amazing story there was uh, some online sleuths some women had been attacked by this same guy, getting their own resources together to track him down. Yeah, and then D. A. Garza lets the guy back out on the streets with no ankle monitor,
5: That's right? Whatsoever. I remember that. Yeah, I, I, I feel, I feel like the guy broke. Didn't he break the woman's leg as he assaulted he her? He did. She was fighting and struggling, and her leg was broken. The attack, yeah, it was just a, a vicious attack. Only to let him back out there on the streets. That's right. Well, there was a forum held uh, yesterday, uh, a, a district attorney candidate forum held Daniel yesterday. Daniel Betts and Jeremy were there. I watched it right. last night. Yeah, uh, Celestine, he tweeted out. He says, uh, you know, I, I attended a DA candidate forum hosted by the uh, the uh, downtown uh, was the Austin Alliance. Unfortunately, one chair was empty because our current DA, Jose Garza, continues to dodge opportunities to face voters and discuss his record. He rounds it off. He says, I challenged Mr. Garza to a live debate yesterday, and that offer still stands.
2: Six twelve here at KLBJ. The Todd and Oz Show. 616 here on the Tananaz show. Check this out. Pharmacies across the United States are reporting today that they're having difficulty getting prescriptions to patients because of a cyber attack on a units of United Health. Yeah, the company said in a regulatory filing last uh, yesterday afternoon, it's uh, it's Change Healthcare business which processes prescriptions to insurance of uh, tens of thousands of pharmacies nationwide was compromised by hackers who gained access to some of its systems. Yeah, the company became aware of the cyber attack Wednesday. In a separate statement said uh, it it expected the attack to last at least throughout the day, uh, maybe throughout the weekend. The cyber attack prevented some pharmacies from processing prescriptions to insurance companies to uh, to receive payments. Uh, for example, um, Naval Hospital in uh, Camp Pendleton, California, uh, said on uh, on X that it was unable to process any prescriptions uh, yesterday. They say due to the ongoing enterprise-wide issues at Camp Pendleton associated with pharmacies unable to process prescriptions. Uh, new this morning, United Health is saying it was some sort of nation state sponsored cyber terrorism attack. Great. So they're
5: going after our pharmacies now. Uh, yeah. No, they're coming after everything. Well, that right. Yeah. I mean ultimately that's that's where it will end up. Yeah. And and, and I and I just wonder, is it sound too crazy
2: to, to even think that the cell phone uh, thing we had yesterday was some sort of cyber attack? Is that is that just crazy to think? Or maybe a little test run. I don't just, think it's just crazy a, to just think. Reaction. I don't think it's that far fetched, especially when your FBI director Christopher Ray, over the past couple of weeks, has been talking about Chinese hackers are preparing, quote, to wreak havoc and cause real world harm to the United States.
5: You know, the the reaction was interesting yesterday. Uh, you know, as society sort of felt like it, uh, you know a piece of it had fallen off for a moment. We've become so attached to electronics and cell phones, these little computers we carry in our pockets every day. Uh, that, you know, there. I mean, there are entire generations of, of full-grown adults who have no idea what it's like to never live around computers, not be interconnected to one another just with the click of a button, and all of a sudden everything goes down, and, and there was some panic out there. I think
2: everybody's very aware, aware of how, you know, connected we are with technology, and I, I, I'm just, I mean, well, let's, here's the FBI director, Christopher Ray just, uh, just a, two days ago.
7: You might also find
6: PRC hackers lurking in your power stations. Your phone companies, et cetera, poised to take them down when they decide you stepped too far out of line and that hurting your civilian population suits the CCP. And that targeting of critical infrastructure is something I want to take a minute to address. In some respects, it's not anything new. In fact, China. Sponsored hackers pre-positioned for potential cyber attacks against U.S. oil and natural gas companies way back in 2011. But these days, it's reached something closer to a fever pitch.
2: Yeah, there you go. Christopher Ray. just a couple of days ago, talking to several municipalities at a conference about uh, being prepared for a Chinese cyber attack. Me- meanwhile... The Chinese is the fastest-growing illegal immigrants uh, coming across the
5: southern border. That that uh, has been the report of late. Uh, Marco Rubio yesterday was out there uh, talking a little about this. He, he talked to Fox News and he said, "You know, I don't I don't know the cause of the AT and T cell outage, but he says uh, I do know it'll be a hundred times worse when China launches a cyber attack on America on the eve of a Taiwan invasion." So that's sort of his. He goes, he says, uh, "They hit your power, your water, and your bank." So, you know, kind of along the lines of what uh, Christopher Ray was saying there, Marco Rubio looking at it as well. I, I mean, who knows if if there was any connection to anybody else with that sellout of yesterday. This
2: quote from uh, the FBI direct, uh, director, Christopher Wray. Really, uh, folks out there listening right now, what do you make of this quote? Here's what he says. The Chinese hackers are working to, quote, find, prepare to destroy and degrade our civilian critical infrastructure that keeps us safe, and prosperous. Ray says, and quote, let's be clear. Cyber threats to our critical infrastructure represent a real world threat to our physical safety. 512-836-0590. Is that too much? Is that over everybody's head? Is that just not
5: really, I don't think so. I mean, you know, look, you just you just nibble away at, at little pieces of of you know of society that we've come so dependent upon. Just, you know, a little bit, take a little bite here, a little bite there. And eventually, I mean, it'll it'll start rattling people and and things things could rattle crumble away pretty
2: quickly. 621 here at KLBJ. Jump in at 512-836-0590. Hey, the uh, Lake Travis School Board is now discussing changes to its policy on food allergies. This is in the wake of that football player who uh, was intentionally exposed to peanuts by two teammates despite being uh, deathly allergic. Uh, Shauna Mannin is the teenager's mother and spoke with CBS Austin. The story has exploded like wildfire on social media, and uh,
0: and some people are angry with her. I've been getting phone calls from parents that are angry with me for stirring the pot. Um, there's no pot. I haven't stirred it. Uh,
2: she says her son has also been targeted uh, of bullying in, in the aftermath of this incident. Amanda and says she hopes, uh, you know, it all uh, dies down soon. She'd like to see new legislation aimed at people who intentionally expose others to allergens.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they, I, I genuinely want to give these these two, you know, idiot teammates of his the benefit of the doubt that they weren't intentionally trying to take his life. Right. I think they thought we're just going to pull a funny prank because we're stupid. And that's what they did. They could have killed this guy. Then. Well, I, I would agree with you. But one of them actually said, well, you're going to die today. That's right. I did hear. That's right. I forgot about that report. Yeah. Well, it could have been it could have been uh, even more nefarious than that. Regardless, it, I mean, I think we from all reports we've gotten, the school district handled this quite poorly. They just desperately tried to sweep it under the rug as best they could. the The coach handled it very poorly. He desperately tried to sweep it under the rug as much as he could nobody wanted to talk about it the school district this week on wednesday was talking about updating their 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 policies and guidelines for allergens food allergies okay what does that mean they didn't they didn't touch on this really at all i mean very vaguely uh really just in that they want to make sure that all staff and teachers are trained in uh uh i guess how to uh, uh, policies uh, let's see i guess they have to have trained training in how to spot Allergies and what to do in, in, in the wake of some kid having an allergic reaction at the beginning of, of every fall semester as opposed to every year. So it would have to be specifically at the fall semester. That's about the only change well, that. That's I, once a year. So right. We only, a year. we only have fall semester once a year. As opposed to just doing it anytime once a year. Gotcha. Um, but you know. What would that training and, be? Tra- what would that training be? I don't know. You know, they uh, they uh, they use words like coordinate the development and ensuring the implementation of the district's food allergy management plan. I don't know what that right? means. I, you know know what means? That, so, I don't know what that means. It's all just intentionally vague stuff, but they they didn't, I mean, I I really have not heard many Lake Travis school district officials come out and actually address this. There was this kind of, you know, half-hearted letter they sent to the parents after it happened in October. Yeah, they, mean, wanted, about it? they wanted it to go away. They didn't want this story at all. Desperately. Yeah.
2: All right, uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. Listen, the, uh, the Georgetown School District has seen some positive trends in the use of THC and vape products among students. It's a report out this week that shows a number of kids caught using THC or vape fell from 85 in the fall of uh, 2022 to 95 in the spring of last year. Apparently they're getting the word out and there's you know, some of the things that they've done. They say they say the drop is being attributed to the, you know, strategies implemented to combat the use by limiting how many kids can leave class at one time, preventing kids from accessing certain areas and random searches by drug dogs. Yeah. Drug dogs can actually
5: catch the T H C in a vape pen? I believe so. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't I've know heard, that I've heard stories of drug dogs, you know, being able to catch you know, the, the tiniest little bit of stuff that's buried inside of the middle of a mayonnaise jar, packed inside of a big box. I mean, these dogs have incredible noses. Uh, I think that's a good idea, like uh, limiting the number of students allowed uh, to, or, or limiting where students can congregate in certain areas, you know, like, uh, I don't know, behind the staircase or something like that, out of view of every, You know, things like that. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. But I don't think you're going to – I mean, obviously, this is just on campus. Cam- put some cameras in those stairwells. I'm Huh? I'm sure they have some cameras, don't they? Nope. no. New camera? Are, are there cameras in the stairwells of high schools? Really? I don't know. I mean, it's 2024. Sure. Surely we would have seen a video of a fight by now, right? Fair enough. Maybe you can't do that. Maybe you can't. Maybe you're not allowed to for some. I don't know. Some obscure weird legal reason they I don't know. want to because they don't want the bad press probably the better that's what it is probably
2: the better answer because it would catch some bad stuff yeah right to get yeah. some drug deals maybe some assaults right but don't we want that don't we want to put an end to all this stuff at our public schools i don't know it just seems like uh you know uh, you know the, the rules that there's it just feels like there's not much difference between jail and school well, when it comes to the rules right yeah. <laughs> cafeterias look the same the buses look the same
5: right hmm yeah Funded all by the taxpayer. Yeah.
2: 626. Jump in at 512-836-0590 here on the Todd and Oz Show. The Todd and Oz Show. 632 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Jump in at 512- 836-0590. Uh, Joe Biden is reportedly considering using executive action to stop the flow of illegal aliens seeking asylum coming into the United States. And Texas Congressman Tony Gonzalez, he's from, uh, he's a Republican from South Texas. He's encouraged with this, uh, this
6: development. Deport Those people that do not qualify for asylum. You do that by surging immigration judges to the border and giving ICE, the risk- resources they need for these repatriation flights, not these endless, soft-sided facilities. You also raise the credible peer standards. These are some things the president can do today, and I hope they do it.
2: Yeah, meanwhile, a surge of uh, illegal aliens seeking asylum, continuing to enter the United States through the southern border, and many of them are from special interest countries. It's raising a big alarm when it comes to national security. Uh, newsman Matt Finn is in Los Angeles. In
6: fiscal year 2023, more than 335,000 Venezuelan nationals were encountered at the border, yet just 834 were removed. And in fiscal year 2023, more than 24,000 Chinese nationals were encountered at the border, but just 288 were deported, drops in the bucket. The border crisis is seeing a substantial shift. For years, we've been reporting about migrants coming from all over the world, illegally crossing into Texas, but now we're seeing a surge of illegal immigration right here in Southern California.
2: Newsman Matt Finn reporting. Now, uh, Joe Biden is considering several executive actions that he says could address the surge. And basically, he's going to do what Trump did when Trump was in office. You know, these are the things that Joe Biden reversed, you know, in day one in office. And uh, immigration advocates warned that the president, you know, not to resort to policies that were similar to Donald Trump's. Well, what would those other policies be if they're not similar to Donald Trump's?
5: Yeah, well, because, I mean, the numbers under Trump were significantly smaller. Uh, You've had uh, the number of. I think it was uh, under Joe Biden's watch, the amount of illegal immigrants that have, have flooded over the border is equivalent to two years' worth of U.S. births. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, that says something. You know, we have a significant problem under his policies. Uh, it was a terrible decision for him to reverse the policies immediately like he did. He At any point since then, he could have re- re-implemented those policies or something similar. He's refused to, sits around, he points the finger at Republicans and say. The border isn't secure because of you guys, because you wouldn't pass this $60 billion Ukraine monstrosity. Yeah. So you must hate your own border. But now he's finally going, well, you know, maybe I could reverse some things because I need to get reelected. And everybody realize what a disaster it is.
2: A few minutes ago, we had some audio uh, of uh, FBI Director Christopher Wray Way- warning uh, Americans uh, that their physical safety is in question because of Chinese ha- hackers. They're actively trying to uh, affect you and shutting down critical infrastructure, that sort of thing. And he says they're actively trying and they're going to do it. They're going to try to disrupt our life sometime very soon. That's what he says. And, 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 And we remind you of that story. And then you hear the number of Chinese nationals crossing the southern border near San Diego has eclipsed the number of Mexicans in recent months. U.S. Customs and Border Protection has recorded twenty-one thousand encounters with Chinese nationals in that San Diego sector since the fiscal year began in October. This, is according to uh, you know, uh, Border Patrol data, that's more than eighteen thousand seven hundred encounters with Mexican nationals during that same time period. Yeah, the migrants from Brazil about eighty-seven hundred, Ecuador seventy-seven hundred. Uh, but I'm just curious when you got an FBI director says. That the Chinese hackers are trying to destroy our way of life, and they're actually a, a threat to our to to us physically. Why are we still allowing these unknown Chinese military age men to walk across our
5: border, and why is nobody mad about it? Well, I I mean the the I think there are a lot of people that are mad about it. It's just the the people who should be mad about it aren't mad about it, and I think this this just further sort of drives home what I believe is it, it, you're right. If it is that bad then they should be doing something about it. And the fact that all they're doing is just saying, hey, by the way, the Chinese are going to come and they're going to like ruin your life and they won't do anything about it. That tells me, reinforces what I believe is that they don't care about us in the first place in our own government. Is the FBI director, Chris Ray is he is he wrong? Is he lying to us? Uh, well, is he over-exaggerating to us? Does that, it sound far, it doesn't sound far-fetched to me.
2: No, it doesn't. At all. No, it doesn't. I'm just trying to figure out so if it's real, if it's a real threat. And if it is, well, the government's actions don't match this real threat they're trying to scare us with. You're allowing Chinese military age men to just come into your country mm-hmm. and maybe get a job at your local municipality,
5: right? The water department, the electric department. Interesting. The number when you look in 2021, only 450 Chinese nationals were caught illegally crossing the southern border uh, and then 52,700 of them uh, in 2023. That's a pretty big jump in two years. So you do have to ask the question why. Uh, and and I, uh, it, it's a tough one. Certainly... You know, a lot of the people that are showing up at the border claiming asylum don't really qualify it under the actual definition of asylum. Not just at all. all. A job doesn't mean that you can claim asylum. So maybe some of these guys are just wanting jobs like like everybody else coming to the border. But that's a big, big jump in just two years. It does it does some, raise a few red flags. But well, I'm pissed off. That's Chi-coms, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm yeah. not a fan of it my, myself. Yeah. This yeah. is a this is a big problem for for the nation. I mean, if the wrong the wrong people get in down there, and they they likely already have in mass it's a problem yeah well uh donald trump warned us about this
2: in 2020 he had a he had a stark warning about this
4: over 130 legislators in this chamber have endorsed legislation that would bankrupt our nation by providing free taxpayer funded health care to millions of illegal aliens forcing taxpayers to subsidize free care for anyone in the world who unlawfully crosses our borders. These proposals would raid the Medicare benefits of our seniors and that our seniors depend on while acting as a powerful lure for illegal immigration. That is what is happening in California and other states. Their systems are totally out of control, costing taxpayers vast and unaffordable amounts of money. If forcing American taxpayers to provide unlimited free healthcare to illegal aliens sounds fair to you, then stand with the radical left. But if you believe that we should defend American patients and American seniors, then stand with me and pass legislation to prohibit free government healthcare for illegal aliens.
2: Yeah, there you go. Uh, that was uh, in 2020, uh, Donald Trump and we're dealing with that today.
5: Sure. in fact, over there in California, Gavin Newsom's even doubled, doubling down on the whole thing and he's, he's thrown even even more uh, opening up even more slots for people who are here illegal to to uh, take advantage of the California health care system. yeah yeah it's it's really and and we've heard about it in the city of Denver. They say that their health care system there is nearly collapsing because it, it cannot stand under the weight of all the the illegal immigration that's flowed through there. Uh, jump in at five one two eight
2: three six zero five ninety. The whole thing's just incredibly unsettling, isn't it? Well, government doesn't uh, doesn't want to fix the problem. Yeah, it is abundantly clear. Uh, jump in at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Listen, we're uh, what uh, just a few weeks away from. Uh, South by Southwest? Yeah. Yeah, maybe a month and a half, I guess, I guess we could say, maybe. Uh, Well, I, yeah, two, three weeks, I thought. Yeah. Well, the Austin Police Department says uh, uh, sectors will remain at full staff throughout the festival. Don't know how they're going to do that. They can't do that day to day. But I guess they say they can. Well, they did it last year. Yeah, but how about just day to day for the taxpayers and the citizens? Oh, I agree. Well, I mean, we've heard story after story of short staffing and not anybody to... You know, answer the calls in certain sectors. So
5: uh, you know, just day to day. Yeah, the East Austin sector. What it was like. I think it was the last I gotta, Saturday.
2: I gotta think that day to day protecting Austinites is much more important than uh, protecting uh, folks around South by Southwest.
5: I mean, it's important, right? Both are, right? Sure, sure. Uh, I mean, I, I think what you're gonna what what they would be up against if they had that their their full staff and across all sectors at all times that weren't South by Southwest. I think they'd be running into ridiculous amounts of overtime.
2: Well, there's no doubt that uh, that police will make uh, h- uh, hundreds of arrests. They'll they'll seize dozens and dozens of guns. They'll seize a lot of drugs, maybe kilos of meth. And the only reason I say that is because that's what they did last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, last year they uh, they arrested 131 people. They seized 61 guns, probably in bars where you're not supposed to take it. And uh, including 26 kilos of methamphetamines.
7: And then just a snapshot of the last weekend of South by Southwest, when SRT, the special response team, was also downtown. They had 77 arrests, seized 26 firearms, and a number of narcotics as well. Yeah, he
2: says they're also working with bar owners to prevent guns
5: from making their way inside the venues. I'm sorry, let's think about that real quick. You know, he, he mentions there about... One hundred and thirty-one, uh, or uh, there was one hundred and thirty-one arrests in the first week, and then there were like seventy-seven arrests had to be made in the final weekend. You know, so it got super crazy and violent. Uh, just, it, it, I mean, I understand why APD feels the need, especially in downtown, where you got all these people, tens and tens of thousands of people from out of town. You know, uh, the, the 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 real issue, and and I don't think they'd want to talk about this. Is
2: well, every weekend we have a real issue of underage people with guns circling Sixth Streets. Sure. Looking to pick fights. Sure. Things like that, right? right. We've had a lot of those shootings. Mm-hmm. That's the wrong crowd to mix in with your tourist and your guests from out of town. Absolutely. That's yeah. a
5: dangerous mix. Well, I, I, let's see. When was the the mass shooting that we had down there on Sixth Street? A I, 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 couple I mean, of years ago. The kid yeah. that got killed, right? He, mm-hmm. was, he was from out of town. He didn't yeah. even, you know. That's right. So, uh, you know, often it, it is someone who's just in town visiting that ends up getting hurt. I think APD is going to have their their hands full, though, just considering how the, the way things have trended. You know, people have gotten rowdy. They they seem to want to get more rowdier it, and rowdier. And if 6th
2: Street is off limits for some of those uh, typical folks that go and just walk circles and play and grab ass and starting fights, if that's off limits to them for that week of South by Southwest, get ready for more street takeovers all across the area. Certainly possible. 642 here at KLBJ. The Todd and Oz Show. 647 here on the Todd and I show a Texas judge yesterday said that Barber Hills Independent School District can punish a black student who wears his long locks without violating the Texas Crown Act, which is meant to prevent hairstyle discrimination in schools and workplaces. I'm not sure they punished him, uh, but anyway, the decision came after this months-long dispute between the uh, the school district and Daryl George. He's a junior at Barber's High School, and, uh, and he's been sent to school in-school suspension since August for wearing his uh, his hair uh, in long locks. I guess it'd be like uh, long dreads or long braids. Sure. Uh, legislatures last year they passed a law uh, in texas called the texas crown act that prohibits discrimination on the basis of hair texture and protective styles associated with race Uh, protective styles include locks braids and twists but the barbara hill high school uh, district they successfully argued that it can still enforce the policy that prohibits uh, boys from wearing hair that extends beyond their elbows and earlobes or collars, even if it's uh, gathered on top of the student's head.
5: Now, see, uh, that's that's I think where where a lot of people have a problem with this, because this kid, yes, he does have long hair, but he doesn't wear it long, and 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 so they're they're saying, well, listen, he's adhering to the code. Yeah, he has long hair, but he keeps it wrapped up, uh, and and it's not below his eyebrows or his earlobes or anything like that. So. Yeah, that's, I think that's where a lot of people have a problem with the story.
2: Yeah, well, jump in here. Well, what do you think about this story at 512-836-0590? Should the school district uh, be able to enforce a student code or a student dress code that uh, restricts the length of hair? I mean, to be honest, this is a very familiar story. School principals have been cracking down on hippies with their long hair for years. Sure. Right? This is a a pretty common story, right? Sure. Can this school district, should the school district be able to, uh, you know, uh, punish this kid, send him to in-school suspension
5: because of the length of his hair? You know, it's, I mean, I I think it's a real, he's not, he's not getting the benefit of being there at school uh, and the, you know, and the social benefit, the social growth that comes along with it, being stuck in ISS. I personally, look, I, I, think, I think a school district has every right to impose a dress code as it sees fit. In this case, though, uh, this kid, it sounds like he's trying to do the best he can to adhere to it. I mean, you know how long it took him to grow that hair, and yeah, he's going to cut it off for the school district. I, I, I could see that being a, a, an emotional thing for that kid to do. I'll be honest with you, the, the story seems kind of silly, really. Well, I agree. I, I, I can't it believe got this, that it's it got gotten this as, far. I can't believe it's gotten this far. But they they have kept this kid out of class apparently for a long time over this. I, I don't really have a problem with it in terms of his, I mean, his hairstyle. I, I, don't, I look at it, and I don't see how it violates the dress code if he's got it like that.
2: The ironic thing in today's schools, if this young man would have just said, well, I identify as a girl, they would have been okay. Probably so. It would have been okay. <laughs> his long hair would have been okay. couldn't question it. Her long, long hair enough. would have been okay, right? Yeah. In uh, Judge Chat B. Kane III, he issued a ruling after uh, a short trial in which lawyers uh, for opposing sides argued over the legislative intents behind the Crown Act. Lawyers for uh, Barbers Hill uh, School District, uh, they said that lawmakers would have to include explicit language about hair length had they intended the law to, to cover it. Allie Booker, representing uh, Daryl George uh, and his mother, uh, Darisha George, said protective styles are only possible with uh, with the long hair. Uh, Candace Matthews is the statewide chair of the Texas Coalition of Black Democrats. Now, obviously, she wants to turn this into a racial issue. This is all about race to her. And in fact, as she was having a press conference yesterday afternoon, she held up a white pillowcase with eye holes cut out in it to uh, say this is the school board, this is the judge.
8: And I'm going to be honest with you, Attorney Booker. I really do believe that the fix was already in from the job. It was already in. Because at the end of the day, y'all got to keep in mind where we at. Right. right okay? Right. And I'm going to end it with this. Welcome to Chambers County.
2: She's holding up the white sheets with the holes cut out. That's
8: why we got to have federal intervention. or Otherwise, our children are going to continue to be pressed upon by... People that wear these kind of Mm. hats—do
5: people still wear those? And that are
8: embedded in our educational system as educational assassins. So I say that. Say this. I'm gonna say what people scared to say. We know who you are. This is a one size fit all. I hope you're proud of yourself today. But just know the fight is going to continue, and we're gonna unleash every last one of your hats. Right. Are That's there a any extreme. other questions cuz this press extreme. conference is sounds
5: over. like a, sounds like she's uh, sounds like the uh, the Texas uh, coalition of black democrats are making some threats there. Now I would like to know if there are, is there any other precedent that had been set here at, in in the in the school district where a, a kid say maybe uh, you know a white kid had long hair and he wanted to keep it up like that in in a style that was off his ears and they let him. Then I would say all right now maybe Candace, what's her name, Candace Matthews, is on to something. But I, I, don't, I don't know if that's that's even part of his story at all. I don't the ar- think so. The argument consistently has been your hair is too long. And and they said, you know, he said, well, I, got, I put it up. And he said they say, yeah, but you have to have significantly long hair in order to get it to lock up like that. And so clearly it is too long. Now, I personally... I think he's found a good workaround, but the, the school district disagrees. Greg Poole is the superintendent of Barbers Hill School District.
2: Barbers Hill. I think that's kind of ironic. Barbers Hill. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the superintendent, Greg Poole, uh, he declined uh, to a, to an interview after this decision came down. In a statement sent through the school district spokesperson, Poole applauded the district, uh, d- the judge's decision. Uh, basically here's a quote the texas law legal system has violated our position that the district's dress code does not violate the crown act and that the crown act does not give students unlimited self-expression is what the superintendent says
5: that's fair enough too i mean they do they do have obviously some degree of a dress code that they're trying to adhere to yeah uh so i i think that it's it's unfair to just sit there and say well we disagree with the ruling here because you're racist, and you know, I'm like, well, no. I think they also have a valid argument on their side. I don't whole I don't wholly agree with it. I think they ought to let the kid keep wearing his hair as, as it is. In yeah. fact, I feel kind of I feel bad for him. Yeah. I heard he I heard he was crying when he left the courtroom. Could it be just as simple as the kid's hair is too long,
2: and it violates the code, the student code, dress code? Could that, Could it be just that? I think so. That's what I think it is.
5: Right? I, I would, that's what it sounds like. I mean, are there white kids with long hair on their school districts? Well, that's why I want you know if if, if you know, if, if a white kid had been allowed to do it and, and this kid can't, well, then now we do have a very clear problem. Yeah. And, and, and old Candace Matthews,
2: you could shut the front door. You're not helping. You're, you're creating more problems mm-hmm. for this family, for this family. This may not be racially
5: motivated at all. Right. It may be just long hair. Well, unfortunately, we as a society have lost the ability to look at anything. It's true. At, at, through, at, through any other lens than a racial lens. We just, you know, it's, it's in your face oppressed every single day. Oppressed. Every yeah. single day, you know, you've got politicians pointing their fingers saying, you know, if you don't vote for me, you're a racist. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's everywhere you look. It's true. So uh, it, it makes sense that it would permeate it. But this is, you know, the Crown Act. I mean, Texas felt it was necessary to pass this law to, to, you know, protect hairstyles. Sure. And it was only a matter of time before, you know, you had a big case that really put it to the test. But I think you're right. This really boils down to length of hair and not, I don't know. Hair ethnicity, yeah. If if you want to, if, if you will. Not to mention, man, it's liberals that run school districts. A lot of them. Uh, Six fifty
2: five here at KLBJ.
1: The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings, five to ten on News Radio KLBJ.
0: License 26099E. SmartSense, brought to you by Smart Air Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save up to $3,400 on a new comfort system. Whether your furnace is no longer working like it used to, or you want to get ahead of the summer heat, it's time to call the expert heating and cooling technicians at Smart Air. Call now and take advantage of this smart offer from Smart Air. Call 512-600-4311. That's 512-600-4311. Or visit SmartAirAustin.com.